Opening communications. Initializing Altarian frequency. Establishing connections. Designations. DJ. Dude Link connected. Scotty. Dude Link connected. Raven. Dude Link connected. Jero. Dude Link connected. Vixie. Dude Link connected. Kaiser. Dude Link connected. Welcome to DudeCast 2020, The Phantom Man's Ass. If this is your first time listening or you haven't done so yet, head over to facebook.com slash dudesfromalteria, reddit.com slash r slash dudesfromalteria. Make sure to like and follow. Then head over to dudesfromalteria.com and check out our shop. I'm DJ, and today we have J-Row with me, Scotty's here, Raven's around somewhere, and Vixie and Kaiser are kind of quiet, but they're here too. Take us away, Scotty. In a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars. When I was watching episode one, I, I, this is exactly what I looked over at Jade and I was like, does anybody even read the opening crawls anymore? Yes, that's what I do. <laughs> okay, continue Jesus with your opening Christ. crawl. <laughs> I can hum the Star Wars song in the background while you're doing that. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm supposed to be talking about that. So Naboo. Right, Naboo was under attack by the droids from the Republic, right? Trade Federation. The Trade Federation, that's what I meant. Guys with the funny, funny eyeballs and faces. Faces. Horrible (laughs) racist stereotype Asian accents. I don't remember that, but my wife pointed it out to me while she was sitting with me watching it. She's just like, well, that's not racist at all. And I was like, why is it always Asian people? had that in my brain for like 15 <laughs> years of like why why are they so ah uh, guitar ah uh. <laughs> i mean what the what the fuck was that <laughs> Ooh, okay sorry there are jetis in the uh, next to the room go send the droid it's like what why why is this why is this happening it was a different time it was but still you guys are talking about that i'm still just hung up on Scotty opened up by quoting Weird Al and nobody noticed. Nobody? I did. He opened up by saying a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away, Nabu was under an attack. That's like the first three lines of... It is. It is. Nabu was under an attack. I thought me and Qui-Gon Jinn talked the Federation into maybe cutting them a little slack. I didn't watch too much VH1 as a child. No. No, not at all. Mm-mm. So Nabu was under an attack by the very racist Trade Federation. No, they're not racist. Right. They're just stereotypical Trade Federation people. Why the hell did they send Jedi for a trade dispute? Because it was supposed to be short and sweet and to the point, but apparently it just never happened. Because the Jedi were very good negotiators, and that's the role that they filled at that time. Really, the role they're supposed to fill, but we get movies that are snapshots of the action-y bits, so there's that. And I mean, there's some realism to it, too. I had this coupon for like $2 off uh, at Target, and it was expired, like in 2017. I'm sorry, sir, we can't accept this. And I just waved my hand slightly, and it was like, no, it's still good. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're right, it's still good. And she took $2 off my my bill. I thought you were going to tell us the Trade Federation wouldn't accept it. 
sure they weren't like, no, you can uh, use coupon here. <laughs> I did notice there was some kind of accent there, but I, I didn't want to question it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop there. Shit hits the fan really quickly because they're just like, this is not what we were expecting. And now we got to get down to the, the Naboo somehow. Yeah, Obi-Wan. I can't remember his actual name. Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui- yep. Jedi Liam. They went down to Naboo to go and save the queen. And take it away, DJ. I don't want to because this is the part where they meet Jar Jar Binks. That's your favorite part. And they meet Jar Jar Binks, who sexually assaults Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, he's hanging off his face, practically. He really is. Like, he jumps on him, like, all basically humping up on him, and it was bad. Jar Jar really wasn't that bad at this point in the movie, but I still question what the hell there was. There was no point at all. The whole movie. Yeah. So, he takes him down to the Dungan City, where they meet Boss Nass, who is a pretty stupid character, really. <laughs> Everything about the Gungans was just probably... One of the worst races in Star Wars ever, right next to the Ewoks. Yeah, they were pretty dumb. Like, I don't understand. Speaking of Ewoks, Warwick Davis does have a cameo. He does. Three. The best part about this part of the movie was the beautifully rendered Gungan City. That thing was beautiful. That, that was pretty cool. Especially yeah, they did a really good job. In Blu-ray, like 1080p, like, oh, wow, that was that's something to look at. But when they were doing it, I was like, man, they must use Bryce 3.0 to render that place. 2.0 could not do it. You guys remember any of that from middle school or high school or whatever? No. Using <laughs> the, the Bryce rendering program? Oh, damn. Okay, never mind. Uh, strike that joke. I didn't render in high school. Completed high school in like two. Come on. What high school did you go to? The crap kind. It was middle school. I remember it. I went to a shitty middle school and then I went to high school in a really, really good high school, but then the vice principal kicked me out, because, and I was a know-it-all, so I was like, screw you guys, I can do better without you, like an idiot. And then I graduated high school in like two weeks, and carried on with my life. Everybody was like, dude, you got two weeks to finish high school before you can join the military, and if you don't do it, then you're just not going to go to the Air Force. And I was all like, hold my cigarettes and monster, I got this. <laughs> it's true, you were a Kyle back then. <laughs> I, I lived off of cigarettes and monster for two weeks while I did that. And I got so sick, but it's almost like Dave, except Dave always lived off of cigarettes and Mountain Dew. The military runs off of cigarettes, Mountain Dew and coffee. Anyway, they go through the center of the planet. This part was pretty cool because of all the big fish. Always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish. You are right. And it's also the only point in the movie where Jar Jar decides to take a nap, which is the best part of the movie. Yeah. Cause he ain't talking. <laughs> well, after Jedi Liam. All the while this is going on, the Nubian, dumbest name for Nabu people ever, they know that an attack's coming, and instead of hiding their queen, she just, like, waits for the Trade Federation to come and capture her. So, that happens. Made no sense. You know, during these scenes, I realized, more so now than I did back then, like, I could easily tell the difference between when it was Kira Knightley playing Amidala and when it was Natalie Portman playing Amidala. Totally different facial structure. That's really easy to tell because she only does it for like 10 seconds. No, Kira Knightley does it a lot. And she is a lot better at it than Natalie Portman is. Yeah, I completely agree. I know what you're talking about. And yeah, she does. And it was stupid that she got turned down for the role and have not been able to figure out why it is that 
she got turned down. Politics. Like, I wonder if anybody involved in that looks back and says, you know what? We chose the wrong person to play Podman. Well, I know who doesn't, and that's George Lucas, because he thought that Jar Jar was still the best thing ever. Jar Jar is the best thing ever. Who's the a universe? Yeah. You're up, Scotty. What happened next? Jedi show up to save everybody. Right. So the Jedi sh- show up, uh, save everybody. Uh, they're able to escort the queen and her entourage to a ship. And as they're trying to escape, they get shot, kills their hyperdrive. And they have to go to this one planet called Tatooine. Hold up real quick. Talk about that battle right as they were getting on the ship. Okay. I got to go further back even rewind okay we rewound now this is really stupid but i loved it because i pointed it out to about 30 people during the scene after they right after they jump off the little bridge thing they take out the droids yada yada and the royal security and amidala are trying to figure out who they are and you see qui-gon take his lightsaber and he does like wrist twist with it turns it off and shoves it back into his robe nobody oh, yeah. ever Nobody saw it. I was like, that is one of the coolest lightsaber moves I've ever seen. It was like my favorite part of like the entire movie was that right there. Just because he's like, whoop, whoop, zoop. And it's like, where'd it go? It disappeared. And that should remind me of that. That was one of the details I noticed as the lightsaber is going back into its case kind of thing, just as it's passing his robe. So it's like timed perfectly as he's putting it away. Right. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, that was one of my favorite scenes. And then it was gone after that. <laughs> yeah, like all of the cool Jedi tricks that him and Obi-Wan do are in the first part of this movie. Later in the movie, it's like, what happened to all the cool Jedi tricks? Why? Him and Obi-Wan show up, rescue him. They get into the hangar and Obi-Wan goes over to help the pilot and crew. And then Qui-Gon goes to fight the other ones. And it was pointed out to me at this. Actually, it happens when they save the queen as well is it's like all of the droids there are operating off of Internet Explorer. Like, that's what's going on. Like, all of the droids are slow. They're just sitting there, like, pointing and aiming at them, but they're not actually firing. Whereas before, we see these cool action sequences where the Jedi are deflecting lasers and doing all of this cool stuff. In this scene, nobody's shooting anything. It's just they're all sitting there waiting for their brains to process that they're supposed to be fighting and getting cut up and thrown around. There's a term for that. Plot armor. Yeah, they had Internet Explorer operating system. That's going with lag. I think the droids had serious lag. Remember, getting in control from a ship that's up in orbit. Got to be a lag issue. That's actually a good point. They're being controlled from orbit, so maybe that's the reason that they were. But they seem to have their own like free will because there was that stupid conversation with the droid right as they walk up and where are you taking them? Does not compute. Where are you taking them? Yeah. It was very, 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 very plot armory. No, just lag. It's just lag. It just annoyed me. Because it's like they're kicking it back up to the spaceship in the orbit, and they're like, ah, what do we do? Oh, I don't know. Hit him. Get him. Ah. We just saw that like really cool fight scene on the ship, and then they come into this, and now that other people are there, all of a sudden it's, it was probably logistical. They had too many actors. Taking multiple retakes was costing them too much money, so they just had to go with something. I would actually bet that that was the first scene that was filmed. And then they're like, wait a minute, what if we did it this way? And that's what made the beginning of it much better, was that they changed the fighting scene. 
that doesn't explain why all of the Jedi action sequences through the rest of the movie suck in comparison to that first action sequence. That's true, unless they filmed the beginning. That's the only way it makes sense. And I have no idea what sequence they filmed. But they get to Tatooine. Scotty can take it away again. Tatooine. They choose Tatooine because it's on the outskirts. It's not ran by anybody but the hut. They go into the city and go to the nearby shop. And I don't know how they choose a shop. That was one of the things that kind of caught my eye this time around watching it. So they're like, well, well, we'll go to this shop over here because it's a little more low key. But if you look at the entire shot, like how in the hell are you supposed to know that's a shop? Yeah, no signs, nothing. And there's no shit outside. Like if it's a low key shop, there should be like engine parts like that sitting outside the doorway, not these nice flowered pots in the middle of the desert. They're not men, they're Jedi. So they have no problem asking for directions. What, in their head? Yeah, they didn't ask for directions. Wygon was just like, we're going to go to that shop right over there. That's part of the boring stuff that they just skipped. They go to the shop. I don't remember the shopkeeper's name. Watu. Watu. He's a Toydarian, so we don't care. <laughs> He's a Toydarian! Ah! It's like some kind of like an Italian stereotype there. Even with the nose. Yep. So in the shop, we find out that he's got the parts that is needed to repair the ship. And this is where the worst kid actor I've ever seen in my life comes into view. You have obviously never watched a Gamera movie. (laughs) About this kid, Jake Lloyd, I actually feel really bad for him because, no, he was terrible at his job. But I also kind of blame Lucas because, quite frankly, almost everybody in the movie was terrible at their job. As an actor, Jake Lloyd was really good in this. I didn't see that when I was younger, but now I see it. But because of the lines he was given and the way he was directed, it ruined his life because he went back to school after that and people made fun of him and he ended up leaving Hollywood. He was the kid in Jingle All the Way, even after working there, which nobody talks about. He's like, screw this movie. This this ruined my life. And every interview you find a man, they're like, so what'd you think about Anakin? He's like, that movie ruined It's definitely kind of a rough thing to watch like watch him act throughout the entire film. You know, I do feel bad for him in a way because, you know, if there's not direction for somebody, then they're not going to really do a good job anyway. But just the way he handled every single line throughout the entire movie, I was like, holy shit, there's got to be a little bit more emotion here. There's got to be a little bit more emotion in your voice. Be more excited about this. Okay, okay. I completely agree with you. He's all like, are you an angel? And I'm like, dude, that is the fucking worst line delivery ever. And second, that's Natalie Portman. They left Kira Knightley on the fucking ship. So <laughs> she's not the angel, goddamn. He might as well have said, because you fell from heaven or whatever the hell that horrible cheesy pickup line is. Did it hurt? Oh, yeah, that's it. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? I've heard about them and they're supposed to be so beautiful. No, look. Even Jar Jar knows that the queen is the hot one. And the queen, at the time that Jar Jar says that, was Kira Knightley. (laughs) (laughs) So the last thing I'm going to bash on Anakin is that when you go through acting school and you do acting classes and everything like that, one of the things that they try to portray to you, and the only reason why I'm mentioning this is because I've been to a few. My wife's brother has actually been in some acting classes and we had to take them to a couple of them so we were able to kind of just sit back and kind of learn and listen to how they teach acting school or whatever and one of the things that kind of stuck with me after being to one of those classes is 
you got to be aware of the situation. You got to put yourself in that actor's shoes and understand the world around you. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're 10 or you're 60 years old, you need to understand your role. If you're going to be like this slave kid on a planet, but doesn't get to see very many outsiders that are pretty cool, you're going to have like a certain tone about that. So you kind of have to figure out, well, how am I supposed to put myself in this situation to be more accurate about the situation that you're in? I felt like the entire time he was just kind of throwing, oh yeah, good job. I would have been like, no, you fucking do that again. And this is how you're supposed to do it. I just felt like he didn't really put that into motion. And I don't know how he was taught as far as acting classes or acting school or what his background was on that. I just feel like that's something that even if George Lucas was, you know, crappy at directing the actor themselves, like even Liam Neeson, he did his role appropriately, I thought, throughout the entire film. And it wasn't weird or awkward or anything like that, but he knew his role. He knew his place in the movie and the situations that he was in per scene that he was in. Oh, he was definitely the star of the entire movie. Part of the reason I actually like Qui-Gon so much. Yeah. It's not being seasoned as an actor. It's like that little bit of information that could go a long way if you knew that ahead of time. And, you know, there's other actors there as well that really didn't get the memo on that either. Oh, yeah, there were. So in the shop, we find out that there's something unique about this boy, Anakin. We should find out more about this. He's a slave. There's a sandstorm coming in, but we should be able to tough it out. But then what happens, DJ? And then Anakin's all like, a sandstorm's coming. And I think at this point, Jar... You know what? So up until this point, every time that Jar Jar has talked, it has been 100% pointless. I thought you were going to say 100% better. No. Every <laughs> scene that Jar Jar shows up in, 90% of those scenes that he is in, they could have just cut the scene and the movie would have been better for it. It didn't push the movie forward. It wasn't like... None of the dialogue meant anything. It didn't add to the story in any way. It was just there to be there. So Jar Jar, I think at this point, somewhere around here is when he pissed off Sebulba and almost got himself killed. And then Qui-Gon had to come in and that save his back. ass. What a, it's somewhere around this point. Uh, on the way to the junk shop. No, it was after the junk shop because Anakin's the one who saves him. Oh, and right, then Anakin right, right. tells him, hey, Sandstorm's coming in. You guys should come chill at my place. So they go and they chill at Wanna his come place, hang out? <laughs> where they find out that he's a pod racer. Oh, I'm a pod racer. Oh, he shows up and he's like, hey, mom, these are my friends. I'm like, dude, you just met these people. They could be like murderers. Stranger from- danger. Stranger danger. This movie was made in 99, right? In 99. If, it was uh, 99, but it was like 97. It's credited 99, May 19th, 99. So what I was thinking was, is this kid invites an adult. Two adults, one kid, strangers over to their house like it's no big deal. Hey, mom, I brought some people over. At that time, my parents would have lost their shit. Well, it's Tatooine. I mean, you know. Even more of a reason you don't just invite people home. Okay, one of my buddy's parents said I lived in a bad neighborhood. I still didn't invite strangers over to the house. What are they going to do? Still 3PO? Credit to Anakin. He did see the lightsaber on Jin, so... I guess he had merit, you know? Jedi's not just going to kill everybody at the house. Speaking of stealing droids, did anybody else notice later in this trilogy, Anakin straight up steals R2-D2 from the knob people? R2 is just hanging out with him from this point forward. That droid belonged to the Queen of Naboo. Why the hell do you still have it? That's why she would never forget him. 
Yeah, it's a parting gift. Inappropriate love gift. He gives her a necklace and she gives him a droid. Exactly. He carved the Chapur snippet from the wood and put horrible rope on it. And she said, have a droid. And that was it. Like, have the only droid that was intelligent enough to save us from the Trade Federation. Go ahead and take that one. That's all. Fair exchange for a necklace or bracelet or whatever the hell it was. He invites them to his house. They find out that he's a pod racer. I'm a pod racer. And he's a, the only human who can do it, which is kind of cool. And then Qui-Gon starts realizing, like, hey, there's something cool about this kid. And by cool, I mean, he's really lame, but he could be cool one day. Right, because he's just like, wow, you're just not letting me down easy with trying to falsify some information so that you'd shut up. But you're still, like, pressing me for these, these answers. God damn, leave me alone, kid. This here Anakin guy. You're here to free slaves, aren't you? I know you're here to free slaves. No, I'm here to hide from the freaking Republic and Trade Federation. Like That line didn't age very well for me, because I remember hearing that line. I was like, I had a dream. That, you know, I was a Jedi and I freed all the slaves. So does that mean you're here to free all the slaves? No. What? (laughs) (laughs) Two fucking Jedi just come out of the sky and they're just going to free everybody. No, it doesn't work that way, kid. He only knows about one Jedi and an angel, apparently. Right, 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 right. I have a big plotline issue with this. Why why wouldn't Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan just go in, you know, they, they know how bad the huts are. Why wouldn't they just go in and kill Jabba, and call it Christmas. Because that's armor. the dark side. <laughs> He's an evil dude. He's evil. It's still straight up murder. <laughs> really? We are not to interfere with the fates that be. I guess that's why I couldn't be a Jedi, but I'm also not a Sith. I'm like, do do what's right. That's it. End the story. Even if it means killing someone in cold blood. Okay, so at this point in the movie, the very first thing that Watto says to him when he tells him what he's looking for He's like, oh, it'd be cheaper to just no. It was it would be cheaper to buy to just buy a brand new ship. Is what he tells him. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, why the hell don't you just fucking trade your ship for a brand new ship? You don't need a fancy ship to get where you're going. You could trade in that pretty much pristine ship for something else that can do the job. It's pristine and shiny and a literal mirror. Yeah, because it's covered in chrome. I'm sure. Watto would have happily taken that ship because he had the parts to fix it. So he could have taken the ship, fixed the ship, made a ton of money off of it. He would have happily helped them find another ship that they could use to get off the planet. But no, they had to go and spend the night at Anakin's. Pretty sure that Qui-Gon probably got it on with with his mom. She liked him. There was something about that. He touched her a lot. Yes, he did. And she (laughs) liked Stop it. There was some serious flirtation going on there. See, and that was part of the reason, like, Qui-Gon ain't the most pure Jedi ever to walk the face of the galaxy, is he? No, I don't think he is. His character basis is whatever is in the best interest of the Force, he'll do it. Even if that includes touching an old lady? He did that because he wanted. That's true. I got a lightsaber for you, baby. Got a little Irish in you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want some? <laughs> she was Scottish, so she's probably like, no. It's all right, we're bros. No worries. Let's she's see. in Glitch, by the way, on Netflix. Fantastic show, if you want to watch that. At this point, they come up with a stupid idea to have the kid who's never won a race in his life, never even finished a race in his life. They didn't know that at the time, though. Yeah, they did. Oh, no. They, they find it out a little bit later, but still, they come up with a stupid idea 
to have him race for them. Yeah, Portman finds out. But his midi-chlorian count was off chart. But they Over don't know 20, that yet. 20,000. I thought they tested him before they decided on the pod racing shit. No, no they tested him after he after. hurts himself while finishing building the pod racer. It's after he even starts the pod racer. All right, all At right, this all point, right. they don't even know if the pod racer works because he's never even turned it on. So this is before Jar Jar got his face caught in it? This is the night that he took them home and they come up with this plan while they're sitting out through a sandstorm. So they come up with the whole plan before they've even seen the pod. They go and they actually enact the plan and talk to Watu and get everything in place and rolling. Before They'd never even seen the pod. They didn't even ask him, like, have you ever even finished a race? None of that. Whole time, Podme's like, I don't like this plan. This is a bad plan. Why are we going with the plan? And I'm like, thank you, Podme. You're the only one thinking. Was that because it was Kira Knightley at the time? No, that was Natalie Portman. This is the problem with me not rewatching. I remember 99% of it, but. Podme was always played by Natalie Portman. It was Amidala. It was when they had the makeup on. Then why the hell are you talking about an angel falling? Because that was Podme. Yeah, the kid obviously has no idea what he was talking about because the angel was still on the ship. For the record, <laughs> Kira Knightley is not even credited as being Amidala at all. No, she's not. It's actually kind of a robbery. She's only credited as Sabe, the handmaiden. Yeah, and she plays Amidala like 60% of the time that they're showing Amidala. <laughs> so where are we in the story? Are we at the pod racing scene? No, not yet. We got to talk about the part where Jen was asking the mother if there was a father and she's like, well, no, I, I think it was, where's the father? There isn't one. Right. So where's the father? Well, there isn't one. I, you know, he, he grew, I birthed him or I raised him, but there was no father involved. And I was like, how do you have a baby? And you don't know who the father is. Immaculate conception. There was no probing. She's that kind of slave. Oh, you're just a hoe. I'm not even kidding. The first time I saw this movie, I went, bitch is a hoe. That's why. And then I went, oh, wait, they're kind of referencing Jesus here. Okay, never mind. Yep. I really. <laughs> She's a hoe. What do you want? All right. We're getting to the point to where we're getting ready for the races. Yeah, they're getting ready for the races. You have a pointless scene. Focusing on Jar Jar making his mouth all numb and getting his hand stuck in an engine where Padme comes and saves him for some stupid reason. Let's start this, bitch. I'm stuck. All of this stupid shit that he is doing never amounts to anything. Why the hell didn't you cut it, George Lucas? Come on. (sighs) So I, I get your frustration. Like There's like this comic relief that's been put on Jar Jar Binks as a person in this movie, which really has no fit. In this movie. And who was the comic relief in that scene? C-3PO, who was making fun of Jar Jar for being an idiot. No, it was Warwick Davis dressed up as a really, really young Greedo. No, it was 3CPO, and then it was R2-D2. Yeah, Yeah, 3PO and R2 were the comic relief, because they were sitting there having their little commentary about all the stupid shit that Jar Jar was doing. Yep. A naked 3PO, might I add. Yeah. Who was all concerned about being uncovered when they first introduce him but then after that he's walking around outside with his cover off right because that's what people do it's like plot holes are funner then they get to the pod races and everybody's lining up and i totally identify with jabba just up there like fuck here we go 
Here we go again. He did. Yeah. <laughs> For the first time ever, while I was watching this part, I totally sympathized with Java. Like I, I empathized. I was like, I feel exactly what you're feeling here, man. I wish I was asleep right now. What is with the three stooges robots? What the actual fuck? That was the first time I noticed them, by the way. I've watched this movie several times. And when I watched it the other day was the first time that I noticed that the three robots were doing three stooges bullshit. And take mm-hmm. out a pod. Well, yeah, they end up taking out a pod later. But that was the first time? That was the first time I noticed the three stooges bullshit. Wow. I'm sorry. Uh, usually once it gets to the pod races, I turn into Jabba and I just start zoning out the movie. See, typically you, you want to make do... it that far. Yeah. For me to enjoy like a reference to something else. It's got to be subtle or it needs to fit in with the movie itself. You know what I mean? Right. It can't be two separate shots forcing it into your face. Like, hey, if you didn't notice that this was a reference to the Three Sturges the first time, let me throw that back in your face the second time. <laughs> that was funny, right? No, no, that wasn't funny. I'm sorry. I didn't laugh the first time and I didn't laugh the second. Oh, and just in case they don't laugh at the Three Stooges reference. Let's put this pointless scene of a llama horse camel farting and Jar Jar freaking out about it. That might be the best Jar Jar scene ever. Well, he should have died at that point. You don't know what those gases are like. They're definitely noxious emissions. All right, I'm going to stop bitching for a minute while you guys talk about the pod race. So, pod race. It's like NASCAR in space. They're making a left turn. Left turn. Dun, dun, dun. I thought the race was pretty good because it kind of shows off a little bit of animation effects at the time and that kind of movement and speed and everything like that. Because I know that that was kind of like a big thing where they were able to kind of have the rendering feel like it's more lifelike. Did they do this as a 3D film? No, not this one. Okay. But I know that was something that was kind of cutting edge at the time for for its time that it was released. It still just, looks beautiful today. The the whole race is very beautiful. It's just long, drawn out, boring. Visually, it is absolutely. And yeah. then they have the same problem with that that they did in Fast and Furious, the first movie, where the pilots are doing all of these other weird things when they should be focused on what they're doing. Right. And this is where you want to give Anakin a moment of triumph, is because that's the part where he was actually really focused in on what he was trying to do. It's like this little ass kid in this flyer. And he's just trying to figure shit out and stay focused on what he's doing while being like this little itty bitty guy (laughs) in this thing. It was great. I have to give him kudos for that because out of everybody else, he was the one that stayed focused, stayed on point with focusing on what he was doing in the race. Also, very importantly, he did not cheat by throwing shit out of his pod. This is true. Also, there's another cameo from later on in the universe with Aura Singh. The bounty hunter. That would be from Clone Wars, I believe. The one with the pale skin mohawk generally uses a blaster rifle. To finish up with the race, I actually really enjoyed it. Another thing that stood out to me, as far as detail wise, is the UI system for the flight controls. A lot of people don't really pay attention to that stuff, and I'm weird. I really like to pay attention to that stuff. And the UI is actually reflecting appropriately what's going on around the system even though we don't really know what all that shit means on the screen you're not the only weird one about that i think i noticed that the first time i watched it but that's some of the things that i pay attention to i was like so 
is what's on the you know heads up display or the console actually doing what it's representing in the movie and the pod racer actually shows those certain things especially when he's trying to move like a power relay from one of the motors to the other one that's burnt out like how would they do that like obviously it wouldn't be two tiny little wires but i get the point of what they're trying to put across and the ui reflected how it was able to make that transition to set it up by making that link and that control yeah well through the energy binders yep right i love that i completely agree with they did a really good job on that so whoever was behind that like kudos there's actually people out here that are really paying attention to that stuff (laughs) probably someone who played half-life back in the day yeah maybe (laughs) unlike some people that don't want to play half-life that's just like a stick up their ass i played it half-life is garbage don't make me fly back out there. <sighs> oh, yeah, fly out here. See if I'm going to care. You will when there's a stick up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> Third one up there. <laughs> so you'll never guess who wins the race. Uh, it was Bulba. Odie Mandrell. Quadgenero. Oh, wait, no, his blue. <laughs> <laughs> they all blew up except for Anakin. Anakin wins the race. You know, Flyer's great. Everybody else either blew up during the race. And then Watto threw something on the ground and went, Poodoo! No, that was Saboba. After he crashed. I don't think they show him again, do they? Yeah. Right after his pod separates from his engines, they show him. And he comes to a stop in the sand and it flashes all over the camera and he goes, Poodoo! And then... Oh, yeah. They win the race. The team wins the race. There was a team? Yeah, because you know Qui-Gon was helping somehow. Was he doing like hand gestures the entire time like the macarena hey macarena (laughs) quadrant arrow didn't take off because qui-gon i'm gonna throw that out there he did something we just didn't see what qui-gon when qui-gon was over there jediing it up if that's what you call it he was was actually he was getting all handsy with anakin's mom so (laughs) (laughs) some hand action was going on very handsy in that scene that's why when all uh three stooges on each other what if i put my hand here at that point, they won. They still have a like almost perfect condition pod race. And a beautiful, perfect condition ship. Yeah. And they sell the pod racer and give the money to Anakin's mom. Why the hell didn't they try giving that money to Watto and be like, yo, I want to buy her now. You just lost all of your money. Here's some money. Let us buy her. Because she was already pissed off anyway. Why didn't she buy her freedom and walk away? Why does she still a slave until... Lars bought her. Right. Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, they had the ability to at least try. If they would have put a scene in there where he tried and he was shut down, then it's understandable. But they didn't even put that in there. It was just like, oh, here's your money. And oh, I couldn't, I couldn't get your mom. I could only get you. I mean, I got your mom. (laughs) On the flip side of that, real quick, is that he did try the first time and it didn't work out. But that's because, you know, he tried, said no for the deal, and it was basically trying to focus on getting the boy. The boy was more important than the mom, and if we go by Jedi standards, the mom would have been more of a distraction from him learning the Force. So I could see why they wouldn't do that and try to go about it the second time. All I see through the whole of Tatooine is Watto says something to Qui-Gon, and then Qui-Gon just never questions it again. 
oh, I'm the only one who has the part you're looking for. Okay, cool. I'm not going to check any other shop. That's true. They didn't go to the Tatooine Walmart and see if they got the same parts. Right, exactly. Oh, he said he's not going to give up. The pot isn't worth more than one slave. Okay, well, cool. You just uh, freed one of the slaves, and now you could turn around and use the pod to free the other one because you still have the pod. The whole scene made no sense to me, honestly. That was one of the things that I questioned right from the beginning. Like, first, Again, when I first saw the movie, I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic because like, this is the way Jedi should be. I'd played video games before that that showed as best as they could how Jedi. But after that, it's like, wait a minute. These are not the smartest Jedi I've ever seen in my life. I don't understand this. They decide not to free Shmi with Anakin because it might camp his Jedi abilities, but it clearly sent him off in the completely, totally wrong direction. So, yeah, especially when he came back in another movie. Yeah, because he killed them all, including the children. The major problem that all of the Jedi Council saw with him in the scene that we're getting to is that his mother, he was afraid for his mother because she's still a slave. Yeah. If she had been freed, that wouldn't be a concern for him. If she'd been living the high life on Coruscant, he never would have turned to Darth Vader. Prove me wrong. Not even a high life. She could have been middle or even low income on Coruscant, and it was still 99.99% better than being a slave. She could have been on Tatooine, just not a slave, and he probably would have done a lot better. Because he would have known, hey, my mom's out there, but she's free now. Yeah, and he never would have turned to Vader. I mean, story-wise... I don't think she could have stayed on Tatooine. Obviously, Anakin had to become Darth Vader, because that was the story that was written for the middle part of the saga but the funny thing is, is that had she been freed whether it was by Watto's head falling to the ground or finding a way to pay him off so that they could free her he never would have become vader because he never would have wanted to try and bring the dead back and that's what i was saying is like why the hell didn't qui-gon try harder to get because qui-gon was wise enough to know that if she's not a slave then it's going to make it easier for anakin and as pointed out at the end of episode one he was also the kind of guy that broke the rules, which is also another reason why I'm like, wait, wait a minute. He just killed Watto. Take he didn't even kill Watto. Just take her. I mean, what, what, what was Watto going to do? Blow her up. File a grievance with the huts. Exactly. Blow her up because she had a bomb in her. Anyway, so they leave Tatooine. Finally make it to Coruscant. Shitload more pointless Jar Jar scenes, including one where he refers to the queen as being pity hot. She pity hot. That was the thing. I, I had never caught that until I watched it with subtitles. Such a garbled thing. She pay hot. I couldn't believe what I heard. I was like, wait, did he really just say that? How did I never notice that? And then I was like, well, I guess I have to like Jar Jar now because he thinks that Kira Knightley's hot. And so do I. So Jar Jar is my favorite character in the movie now. Well, just goes to show that we just kind of blank him out when he talks. Because we just hear that really bad, broken English. That's true. At first. We didn't blink him out anywhere near as much, but then as the movie progressed, we're just like, oh my god, get over it. <laughs> yeah. Just because you can speak doesn't mean you're intelligent. Wiser words were never spoken. Got a couple scenes with Natalie Portman that were important because it established that relationship between them that would eventually lead her to trusting the Gungans to help fight the droids. Or convince her that it was worth sacrificing the Gungans to fight the droids. I'm not sure which. She could have just done sexual things to him and it would have done the same thing maybe he went japanese with that tongue of his uh <laughs> no no Ugh. god he's never going to unsee that now well that brings me back to that one scene where he's like 
sticking his tongue out to grab the fruit off the table. And Qui-Gon's got a hold of it. Yeah, on the second time, he's like, don't do that again. It's like a foot long. <laughs> Maybe there is a threesome with Shmi. He's like, wait a minute. Let me go get Jar Jar. I'll be right back. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> All that really happens during this point is Anakin does his little trial thing, right? Mm-hmm. They have a stupid meeting where they turn down accepting him in front of him, and he just kind of stands there like, uh... I'm not like gonna be a Jedi. Qui-Gon's like, oh, you're coming with me, and we're going back to Naboo to fight a Sith, and I'm so smart for bringing an eight-year-old kid along with us. Yay! Yay, child endangerment. We actually, we completely went over the first fight scene between the Jedi and... Because it happens in a blink of an eye. And doesn't really matter. Yeah. Darth Maul. Darth Maul, that's his name. The point is, is that they should have just kept Darth Maul as a recon rather than having that cheap ass fight for like two seconds. I agree with that one. Yeah. In that particular moment, I have no clue why Qui-Gon left instead of Obi-Wan joining him and the two of them fighting Darth Maul and killing him on the spot. He had to save the boy. Everybody was on the ship. There's no reason that they couldn't have flown the ship over there and had Obi-Wan jump out of the ship and join Qui-Gon on the ground fighting the dude who was trying to kill Qui-Gon instead of Qui-Gon being like, okay, I'm just going to run now. They could have just ended that whole threat right then and there. But the MacGuffin... Because apparently R2 knew how to fix anything. The ship even had blasters on it, so they could have just freaking blasted him. But he was trained in the Jedi Rs. He could have deflected those blasters. You can't deflect a ship's blasters with a lightsaber right <laughs> but negative speak oh anyway we're going past that because we're at the part where they're going back to nabu because i'm skipping over everything that happened on coruscant because it was all stupid and jar jar no there wasn't much jar jar there but there was really bad acting from natalie portman as queen amidala instead of kira knightley amidala so i don't even want to think that is where they should have left anakin this is my opinion. What would have made the movie a lot better is Anakin had already had his triumph in the pod race. When they got there, he could have had his moment where Palpatine's like, ooh, you're one to watch out for. And then he, they could have left him on Coruscant and they could have done all of his like tests and trials and stuff as his own story while everybody else went off to Naboo. And then we didn't have that stupid scene with him in the fighter. This is pod racing. And oh, God. It's blown up from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> None of that would have happened. And in this giant silence, I'm going to say this. It could have been so much better written and directed and beautiful. And instead, it just got raked across the coals as a not even it didn't even reach mediocre. It was a bad movie. It really was. I mean, we don't even really need to finish talking about the rest of the movie because at this point it turns into a CGI battle between the Gungans and the droids, which wasn't that impressive. The Gungans just stood there and watched the droids prepare instead of throwing their little bulbs and destroying the droids before they were ready to start shooting back. Yeah, as they're unloading, shoot them with the big ball and they all die and you win. Yeah, destroy the transports before the transports start unloading and... I feel like it was a kind of a recreation of Braveheart minus the dick. Yeah, but in Braveheart, there was a reason. That was how it was, but they kind of recreated essentially a... In this scene, the Gungans were working off of Internet Explorer operating system. 
while they were waiting for the droids Internet Explorer operating system to boot up. It was like Age of Empires 1. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that battle was horrible, but there is something to talk about, which is the cool scene between Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul. Yes, Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates is, quite frankly, I would say that's definitely the best sequence in that movie, is the fight between those three. It really wasn't that good. I remember it being a lot better than it was. I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, what? I remember this being like really amazing, but it's really not that amazing. There were a lot of flips happened that I'm like, why didn't you just kill him there? Wait, no, guys, he's he's vulnerable there. Why why didn't you just stab him? Oh, guys, you've missed about five thousand opportunities to kill him. Obi Wan, when those things opened up, why didn't you use your force sprint to make it to the other end before they closed again? Right? You know, the force sprint that you used at the beginning of the movie. Or you disappeared and reappeared farther down the hall. It's kind of like when I think it's on his trailers where they were talking about X-Men Apocalypse and at the very beginning Apocalypse like snaps his fingers or whatever and turns everybody into dust and then he never uses that power again. It's like, hey, Obi-Wan, you could have totally just ran. Instead of that light jog, you could have just used a force gift, you know, speedy Gonzalez up there and get back in the fight. Nope. You decided instead to wait for your mentor to die. Okay, fine. You're right. <laughs> it could have been a lot better, but still... The fact that I actually met Ray Park and he was really nice to my boy, that's part of the reason I, I really like that scene. His choreography in that scene is just freaking amazing. But the rest of the choreography in it, not that good. And then, like I said, they showed all of these other Force abilities that they had, but then they don't use them again. And then the other thing going on during all of this is Padme's trying to take the throne room, get the Viceroy, and do all that fun stuff. And during all of that, who's the one doing all the ass-kicking? Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. I will say this, though. You ever notice how fast that throne room door closes? Yeah. Why the hell is that not in every other movie? Right? That was one of the first things I noticed. I'm like, hey, that thing closed really fast. How did that happen? I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm like, Kira Knightley's dressed up as Amidala at this point, And she is fucking everything. Awesome. She disappears like in the middle. And at that point, that's when uh, Padme gets captured. But then she shows back up and is all like, hey, bitches, it's me. And all the droids go chasing after her, and Padme takes all the credit. <sighs> yeah, I know. I know you got a hard for Kira Knightley, and it's okay. It's okay. You know what I'm talking about? I'm done talking about episode one, because that fucking movie ruined my night. <laughs> That's why I tried to convince you not to watch it. Uh, no, not really. I actually had a lot of fun watching it. There's a lot of stuff that's just really poorly done, but the movie itself is really fun to watch, except for the pod race. And the fight between the droids and the Gungans. Those two parts just... Uh. And every other part with Jar Jar. The story itself is awesome. It's it's understandable. I love the story of it. And that's actually the only reason why I can even watch it. Is because I can redo the whole thing in my head. As the story goes on, but it's kind of a different movie. But it's a terrible movie. It's just awful. Not really terrible. It's not really awful. It just has some really stupid shit that happens. The whole battle with the Gungans and the droids actually would have been better if they didn't comic relief it. Like that battle didn't need to be comic relief. You could have shown the Gungans being badass warriors, but all they did was focus on the one Gungan who was not a badass warrior. You mean the one Gungan who picked up two balls that happened to be blue and slightly off center from each other? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. He picked up some ginormous blue balls. Whoever animated that scene, they did it on purpose. 
I do feel bad about this Ahmed Best guy. The, yes, actually, you are right. I feel about as bad for him because... Because that's the only thing he's ever really done that went big. It is. And if you think about it, okay, that's a hard-ass character to pull off. His acting on that character was amazing, but Jar Jar, as the character itself, so awful that it destroyed Ahmed Best's career. Destroyed it. Not like it did with Jake Lloyd. Like, I feel bad for him, too. They got wrecked in the end. Yeah. If you've ever watched extras with Ahmed Best, he really throws himself into the role. Like, he's actually, he's got, like, a Jar Jar headpiece that's on his head, but then because they did a lot of motion capture with him, he was actually walking around, swinging his arms like Jar He was actually Jar Jar, even though Jar Jar was CGI. He got fucked, too, because the fact that Jar Jar was just such an awful... Jar Jar was just fine. It was that George Lucas gave him a lot of really shitty dialogue and kept a lot of scenes of Jar Jar in that shouldn't have been there. That's my take. All right, you heard it here first. DJ thinks that Jar Jar was the best character in the Star Wars movies. In episode one, he was the, he's my favorite character in episode one. He's the one who agrees with me that Kira Knightley's hot. I already went over this earlier. Where were you? <laughs> my final thoughts on the movie are I'd watch it again in a couple of years, probably. It's a fun movie to watch. I need to give myself some time to forget about the little things that I noticed, like the Three Stooges robots. And when I watch them, I basically just sit there and talk shit on them the whole time. All right, who's next on the final thoughts? You're up. Me? Okay. My final thoughts on her. I really love the story. When I first saw it the first couple of times, I absolutely adored it. In all honesty, not a great movie. But I will always watch it, especially when I do with my kids a Star Wars marathon. And I will enjoy it all the way to the point of the fact that it's Star Wars. And I love Star Trek more, but I really enjoy Star Wars. All right, go Raven. Final thoughts. Final thoughts are this movie could be completely cut out of the Star Wars story and it would be a whole lot better. For the first two trilogies, if you watch them in the right order. I personally enjoyed the movie just on different aspects. Like as far as details go with like the animation, like I was saying with the pod racing in the UI, like a lot of people thought that that was a waste of time. I thought the ending fight scene was a waste of time. That's it's whatever. Everybody has their own likes and whatnot. But I definitely feel like this movie could have been shorter. It could have had a better direction as far as how it would have been handled. So this two hour, was it two hour, nine minutes or something like that could have been down to 45 minutes. Two hours and 17 minutes. Oh, Jesus. That's how much time I lost today. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I didn't rewatch it. My slider is currently sitting at one hour, 20 minutes, 42 seconds out of two hours, 16 minutes, seven seconds. Okay. Yeah. I definitely would see this as a shorter movie and maybe merge maybe the second one in there but who knows i have seen the second one but we'll save the second one for next time all right does vixie and kaiser have any final thoughts the phantom menace was a movie things definitely happened Whew, man his review is amazing we're gonna write that down right right how did i not do that one hottest take of the night <laughs> i didn't watch the movie recently i watched it when i was a kid so anything that i say about it's going to be coming from that perspective i feel like it was a good movie when it came out and it just didn't age well we're all a little more cynical a little more learned we've seen more cool stuff in movies and what was like a six out of ten directing back then is now like a three out of ten agreed 
that's a pretty low number, but I'm pretty close to that ballpark. Okay. So this is the first thing I've said in over an hour. And I saw it in high school when my best friend made me watch it so that I could understand why she was calling me Jar Jar as if that was cool because she loved Jar Jar. So she thought that I should love it too. Well, Jar Jar is my favorite character. <laughs> I wasn't a Star Wars fan before that. And I would say that that's because I never watched it in my childhood. So I missed out on all of those childhood nostalgia vibe feelings that most people have about Star Wars. I think that affects my opinion a lot. That's to say that I don't have any kind of warm, fuzzy feelings about any of it at all. So to me, it's kind of a, a B-grade kind of series. At the same time, I've been dragged along to some of the older ones that when they were showing in the cinema. And I did enjoy going to the movie theater with my friends, with cloaks and lightsabers, and just, you know, watching a lot of space action. That was kind of cool. But all the politics and the everything else, the characters, I never really gelled with them. So, yeah. Pretty much everybody I've ever known is super head over heels for it. And I'm like, it's not really that great of a story and you can find it pretty much anywhere else. I love it because I love sci-fi and because I grew up on it. It's completely nostalgic. If I thought for the first time now. There is a an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Barney has this theory about you have to have watched Star Wars before a certain age and be this old to like it because of the Ewoks or like the Ewoks or something like that. I can't remember which episode, but I found that really funny because that really pointed out. I completely agree with that. If I hadn't raised my kids on Star Wars, I don't even think they'd like it right now. I don't think I've watched it with my daughter yet, so I don't know her thoughts. Then you should be dragged out in the street by a chain behind a truck, and that's all the end of it. You don't count. A little dude doesn't like them. Exactly. I will say she does enjoy all of the Indiana Jones movies. Well, you gotta keep her there. You don't need to throw her off a bridge anytime soon then. I think it was actually the series of video games and the expanded universe books that got me to really enjoy Star Wars. Like, as a kid, watching Laser Swords is really friggin' cool. Like, there's no arguing that fact. Laser Swords are cool. Like, I can't get into the stories of the movies as much. I'm basically waiting for the next action scene. Whereas the expanded universe books and even the ones that deal directly with movie content are a lot better, in my opinion, because they're not the same sort of style of storytelling. Read the book where somebody dropped a moon on Chewbacca. I don't read R.A. Salvatore because of that book. Because of what book? Vector Prime, the first book in the New Jedi Order series. It was written by R.A. Salvatore. And I cannot read anything of his after I read that book. What else did he do? Some D&D books? Drizzt. Yeah, Drizzt Stewart. Uh, I thought his name Ice sounded Bundell, edgy. He's a overhyped writer. When I was reading that, like every time that Leia talked in vector prime everything she said was said dryly so like i started seeing that and it just started annoying the crap out of me and i was like oh god you can screw me she said dryly i want to kiss for you she said dryly there was some other stuff that he put in there and i was just like this is really he's really not that good so now anytime i look at any of his other stuff i just remember back to how poorly it was written but also poorly edited because an editor should have gone in there and said hey you need to cut a lot of this out but do you know who wasn't horrible and terrible like uh, Salvatore there? DJ Golding. Exactly. DJ Golding. You can find him on Amazon. 
get his books from there. Go for it. You'll find him. Amazon.com. Search for DJ Golding uh, under author. You'll find his stuff. And you can after paying your money. I read one of his books. Sponsor deals. I've read a couple of them. All right, go ahead. You guys do your thing. We're trying to plug your sorry ass. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Fine. Don't be grateful. God, you dick. Why are you Don't trying to plug, plug his it. ass? <laughs> <laughs> Is nobody going to bring that up? No, because he's gay row. <laughs> the offendo. Yeah, uh, I need that. By the way, I have a vape, so I guess gay is kind of the thing, but uh, he only knew. Just the fact that you felt the need to proclaim that means you're that guy? He oh, is that yes, guy. I am that guy. I vape purely for the nicotine, because cigarettes don't even do it for me anymore. <laughs> you guys were busy plugging me. What's going on here? Don't stop. <laughs> Someone don't stop plugging this. me. Come on. <laughs> Oh, boy. That's our review of Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Uh, Phantom Man's ass, sorry. I ninja this entire episode. Heck you really yeah. did, and I know you killed about 37 people around the globe while we Shut did. Up. What? No one can track her. What are you talking about? Shh. Can't track her, but they can track you. What are they going to do to me? Send her. Someone takes him to court over ninjas. How long do you think that's going to last? I won't even show up because I'm that ninja. <laughs> they won't even know where to send the uh, summons or the notice for not showing up either. You write back and be like, no, I was there. How does it work? Because I'm, I'm in a different jurisdiction anyway. You have to involve the uh, Interpol and Interpol doesn't. If she killed 38 people, they do. Well, they don't. They're in Brussels. They don't care. They're Belgium. They're like, right. They're right. That was Star Wars episode one, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> GGWP. <laughs> uh, all right, so I guess that's it. See you later, dudes. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Later, dudes. Bye. Not that I was here. I'm waiting for you, Raven. <laughs> Raven. I checked out. And that's it for the Phantom Man's ass. If you made it this far, remember to head over to facebook.com slash dudes from Alteria or reddit.com slash r slash dudes from Alteria and give a like or follow. Also, don't forget to check out our website, dudesfromalteria.com. There's a shop there. See you later, dudes. Dude Link?